What up, ladies and, and gentlemen? We're live. There it is. We's ready to rock and roll. S H I T. So happy it's Thursday. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. We got to give them a heads up on that, though. I know, we did, we did, we did. Welcome totally to the program, did, Greg. You guys, had- that shit is epic. That is, <laughs> that is pretty damn cool. I don't think I, I've been on, like, I don't even know how many of these. I've never seen something like that. That's awesome. Oh, dude, we love to have fun with some stuff, dude. That's right. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, right on. How, how else do you keep it original if you just don't have fun with what you do? You know what I mean? Like, I'm with you, brother. That's right. I'm That's right. You. Yeah. All right. Let me uh, hit you on this intro real quick, though. All right, ladies and gentlemen, listen up. Today, our guest is a serial entrepreneur, author, speaker, and venture capital investor with a legacy of building and running sustainable businesses. Two of his former companies were acquired by eBay Enterprise Marketing Solutions to totaling largely over $900 million. His deals have gained notoriety and he's won multiple awards for deals that he's set up, ranging from $30 up to a billion dollars. Multiple awards, ladies and gentlemen. So if you want to learn how to scale a business through a step-by-step guided process that covers every aspect of functional alignment, growth, and scale, you want to be part of the Boss Operating Support system and listen in today to learn about the creator author forbes radio host and so much more welcome to the show greg Oh, he's gonna show <laughs> us the money. Man, welcome to the show, Gregory. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, this is already fun. Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> All right, tell me a little bit about you know. It, we always we always you know start off with the intro with the highlights of where you you where you are today. Tell me a little bit about you know where you came from, how you got this thing whole this everything started. You start off with a silver spoon in your mouth, or you know you had to build it from scratch. <clears throat> no man, um, my mom was a nun, my dad was a priest. They left the church to take care of kids, and then they foster and adopted a lot of kids. Like nine, we had a lot from pretty much every race you can imagine, and so I grew up pretty poor. Well, we were very underprivileged, let's just say. And, uh, I did that, grew up that way. And then, um, I also have an auditory processing disorder, dyslexia, and I was put on the, the spectrum. So no, it was a very difficult, a very, very difficult ride for me, uh, all the way up. It was, it was hard. <laughs> wow. You really overcame a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there were times where when I was a kid, we were living in a tent for uh, two years while we were building our house. Um, uh, You know, there's, you know, (laughs) a few times where I didn't have any food. Um, Yeah, it's been rough. (laughs) But, you know, you know, coming from a a background of, of church and being of service to other people, 
uh, the ambition of growing your own wealth isn't something that's really put into you. It's it's more like you know, uh, I mean, Christianity has been a lot more about you know, help the poor, help people out, give what you possibly can, be a servant to other people. More likely to get through the eye of a needle than get into heaven if you're rich. Right. Yeah. So so how does you know that well, lifestyle translate to where you are today? Yeah, they left the church though. They didn't believe in the church anymore. Um, they. Uh, went to the church to help children and they felt like that was the best vehicle to do that because they were just really solid people and then they you know decided they would go out and you know uh, leave the church and just do it on their own so I didn't grow up religious um, even though that that's the background that my parents had um, then you know I you know always had this desire to to try to make businesses happen but it, it came out of necessity really like you you know, if you wanted a pair of pants or something, you had to go make the money. So I sold Rubik's cubes and I sold pet rats. I even sold rattlesnakes. I would go catch rattlesnakes and sell them as exotic pets. Um, so it was a, a process growing up, you know, and then um, I decided I was going to really be into business. And then I started that journey and I started my first business and I've done 12 um, startups. I've done 12 businesses, sold all of them. Um, every investment I've made has exited also um, to the points that you brought up earlier. You have four private equity awards, a TEDx speaker, Forbes author, Forbes council member, for, you know, I write for Entrepreneur Forbes, Fortune, uh, Huffington Post, Bloomberg, pretty much all the different places. And then I do these podcasts. But my motivation um, before was just not to be fucking poor you know, and, <laughs> uh, and try to help my siblings, you know, because everybody was struggling. And now, uh, you know, that that situation is handled. So now my motivation is to help entrepreneurs succeed because I believe that that will help with wealth distribution. So, you yeah. you know, which is the thing that I'm really passionate about. You have some great pieces of artwork behind you. Some some massive entrepreneurs uh, that that uh, in our lifetime have amassed and built tremendous companies. Uh, when you talk to entrepreneurs, how do you get them to start even thinking of an exit strategy when in their mind, they're thinking what you were thinking, what you were describing right now, which was, I need to buy a pair of pants. I need to put food on the table. It's all about <laughs> what I do right now to produce. Never are they really thinking, how am I going to exit this, build something, have it, a, make it a sellable company. How do you, how do you get them to think that way? That's a good question, man. That's a really good question. I think that, um, and I made that mistake earlier on too, but you have to start with the end in mind. You have to start with where you're going. So you have to think about it this way. When you are building a business, if, if you're taking uh, private equity money on, or if you're building it for yourself, you actually don't experience the benefit of all that work until you sell that business. So if selling the business is the end destination, and if you were looking at a GPS, you would have to understand where you are and where you're going first. And then you put together the map. In other words, the turn by turn directions, traffic and the rest of that. Right. So that's the that's the, the that's the thing that I tell everybody. The other thing I tell people is that when you start with what I call the North Star, which is the design of your exit strategy from the very beginning, you can build and design your business for the desired outcome instead of it being an accident. You know, so you have to you have to really step back and say, in what industry has an 80 to 90% failure rate? What I did is for years in building my own companies, I was trying to overcome that and I did, 
Then I went back and I said, why are they failing? What this is, it's unbelievable. There's no industry in the world that would accept a failure rate at 80 to 90%. That's craziness, you know? So I tried to figure out why they were failing. And then I figured out that was the wrong question. The, the right question was, at what stages are they failing? And then why are they failing at those stages? And then I designed a process to help eliminate uh, that problem as much as I could. So in other words, what you're talking about is being intentional, right? Like there's there's a, a little bit of, of foresight in when you're starting to build something um, that many people just don't really put into, a, into play or they're just sidetracked because I mean, they, you, you know, if you, if you are, it, 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 let's let, let me put it in this way. This is a, a pretty cool way to, to explain it. If you are building a business, right, you start out with a product. And mm -hmm. so that product then has a customer and then you design that product for that customer. Right. And it would be stupid to start building a product without having a customer in mind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, except that's exactly what a lot of people do. They come up with this idea, right? Like, you know, I'm going to have the next Uber or I, I've created the new shovel or whatever it is. Um, and, and they spend so much time figuring out, you know, the the ins and outs of doing this particular product or how am I going to create it? Never even thinking about, is there anybody who's going to buy this thing? Well, right. no, I think, I think another thing is that people think everybody is my customer. They don't have their their ideal customer yeah, identified. Yeah. So, so what I, what I tell people is I say, listen, it, first of all, if you're building a product without a customer, you need to start over because you're going to fail. Uh, the second thing is that customer is also the customer of your ideal buyer profile. So, you know, how you have an ideal customer profile. You also should have an ideal buyer profile, three to five companies that could acquire your company. And the reason why that's very important is because you want to make sure that your ideal customer profile and the ideal customer profile of your buyer are the same profile because the synergies, the, the acquisitions that have the highest multiples and the majority of the acquisitions that happen don't happen because of revenue. They happen because of some synergy, some benefit, either, you know, making money or saving money that you have for the business that's buying you. So as an example, if you are a business out there, let's say, uh, I don't know, XYZ company, and they have 25,000 customers and you're building a business and you have 400 customers. Do you think they give a shit about your 400 customers? No. no. The reason why is they've absorbed the customer acquisition cost on those 25,000 customers. They've absorbed that cost. It's sunk. Now what they need to do is figure out how to sell them more stuff, more mm -hmm. shit so that they can make up and expand out their, you know, customer uh, acquisition cost and their lifetime value ratio, right? The CLTV or the, the CAC to LTV ratio. And the way they do that is by buying other companies that have products that will work for the same exact customers they have. So going back to the initial statement, if you don't have an ideal customer profile and you don't have an ideal buyer profile and that ideal profile, that ideal buyer profile doesn't have the same ideal customer profile as you, it's not like you can say one day, I wanna sell my business and then turn around and try to sell it. Hmm. The first thing they're going to be looking for is that synergy. That's the definition of a synergy, right? So, so that, that ideal buyer profile that you're talking about, is is it fair to say that um, it's, it's almost like what you're doing is a little uh, missing puzzle piece in the overall scheme of what that larger company is doing? And if you can fit that little piece in, if you can be a, an, an additional asset to what they're already doing, 
then they'll acquire you. So let's define peace in that statement. So the peace is either something that makes them money or saves them money, period. Mm-hmm. Right? There's only two reasons. That either they're going to buy you because you're going to be able to allow them to monetize deeper and, and ex- extend, grow the lifetime value of the customers they already have. That's make money. Or you're going to add some technology or something that's going to allow them to operate more effectively, aka save them money. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. That's yeah. And that's the key, right? And it's very simple, but that is it. That That is, the, that is absolutely the path. And what you have to remember is you can't just start you can't just, you know, build your business and then five years later or three years later or whatever, say, okay, now I'm going to sell it to this company. What if all that time you've been building the wrong customer? Now you have to, now you have to basically choose your customer based on your business instead of, uh, or sorry, choose your buyer based on the business you have instead of intent. You said intentions, right? Instead of intending the whole time to build something specifically for a buyer you have. The thing that most entrepreneurs don't understand is that those companies that are making acquisitions, they want acquisitions. Most companies are not agile or big enough to build uh, other products. They just miss it. All the inch wide, miles deep stuff is found by subject matter experts. Those are the entrepreneurs. They want to buy those companies, but they want to make sure that the company is what they want to buy. Just like a customer that if you build a cust- a product that either you know, is a bull market product, which is an opportunity uh, product, taking advantage of an opportunity or a bear market uh, product like we have now, which is essentially solving a problem. Those customers want you to to show them how to take advantage of an opportunity, aka make money or help them solve a problem, aka save them money. Right. So if you uh, don't design that way, you're going to end up in a really bad, bad stage. And I'll tell you a couple of scenarios. I look at probably, I don't know, 100, 200 deals a month. And these deals come in and they go, we're trying to do a $5 million round. And I ask them, okay, what are you going to do with the money? What's your use of funds? And then they'll say, oh, 30% is going to marketing. And I'll get, okay, show me your go-to-market strategy. And they're like, we're going to go after sales. And it's draining basically their burn, right? It's eating away deeply at the amount of money they have. The reality of that is, is that if you grow your business intentionally built for a buyer, all you have to do is prove to the buyer that you have growth margin retention numbers that drive to their ICP in ICP growth margin retention numbers, right? Growth says they want to buy it. Margin says you can do it at a profit and retention says that they're going to stay with the company, right? So if you don't do that, it's not like, three years in, you can just all of a sudden magically do that. You have to rebuild your company, right? I know this because I did it. I, I did. I made this mistake. And a, and a company that should have taken me five years to build took me 17 years to build. So, mm-hmm. and that's because I had, re, I had to restart because I didn't understand this. And this is a fundamental mistake that almost every entrepreneur I talk to makes. And even from the investor's perspective, you're out there raising capital. Somebody comes to me and says, I want you to write me a million dollar check. I'm like, okay, great. Tell me how I'm going to get my money back. You see what I mean? And then yeah. if they don't have an exit strategy in mind from the beginning, I'm going to be stepping back on it. Well, wh- wh- how are you, you going to arrive at this destination if you don't have an address? It's like me driving to your house without having an address. I have no GPS. I've, I can drive around circles forever and never get there. 
Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. And that's that's a far step from a lot of the people that that uh that are on that are listening to this particular show, right? So this is this is something that they aspire to, but at the same time, like myself, we have an insurance company. Yeah, it'd be cool to have somebody buy it, but never have I even been thinking about are we building a company that this particular company would want to buy? I've never thought of who would want to buy my my I haven't company. thought of it from that direction either. Never and thought yeah, about that's it from that fundamental. direction. That's like uh, why Forbes, one of the reasons why Forbes picked up my book and that's, you know, my brand has taken off and I've had a lot of uh, heated conversations with people over this topic, but they always fold because logic is logic. I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, you would never have a builder build a house without understanding who's going to buy that house. Right. That would never happen, right? It'd be a faulty neighborhood. They look at what's around them, right? If you look in some neighborhoods, there are schools around, da da da, da and they go, oh, we're going to build four-bedroom houses here. They look at the income. They look at the demographics. They get information about what would be their ideal customer profile, right? A business to your acquirer is just a product, period, full stop. No, that's that's something like, okay, so I'll be honest. Finding your ideal customer is already hard enough. So mm -hmm. help me break down how we would identify what a buyer is looking for. What type of attributes should we be building in a business? Maybe I, That might be too specific. Of, uh, well, let, uh, me, let me do this. I think this is going to be more helpful. <clears throat> what I'll do is I'll, I'll sort of guide you through the North Star, which is the first step of five stages in the BOSS system, the business operating support system, which I built to help entrepreneurs succeed to help with wealth distribution based on why entrepreneurs were failing. The first thing in the North Star, and the reason why I call it the North Star is because if you have a North Star, every there's always alignment. Everybody knows where you're going, your investors, your employees, everybody knows where, where everything is going all the time. So let me give you the elements that are in the North Star. First, you have the what. Okay, so what is your business and what is your product? And that's built by doing description, feature, and benefit. And then you have the why. Why should somebody buy your, your product and why should somebody buy your business? And that's problem, solution, and impact. And then you have the who, and that's the same who as the IBP, the ideal buyer of your business's profile, and the ideal customer profile. And that is built out of a, that's a whole thing. Uh, it'd be, it would take multiple podcasts for me to explain that to you, but people can go to the website and I have videos. I have, I mean, I put a lot of time and energy into trying to give this material away to help people because that's, you know, my, my calling right now. Right. So I have templates in there and I explain it and there's videos. If you want to consume it through reading, there's stuff you can read. If you want to watch videos or if you want to listen to stuff, everything's in the website. So people can go, it's the website that I'm talking about is Gregory that's the website that has all the stuff in it. And if you opt in at gregoryshepherd.com, then you also can get newsletters and all the templates and things that we roll out. We do, I do a lot of uh, course teaching for the universities that are free for people to show up to. Um, so to help entrepreneurs there. Um, but that's that's what's in there. So that's that's something that I think is is important. But that gives you the ideal customer profile and the ideal buyer profile. I can walk you through some of the steps so you can get a, a sort of more of a feeling of what it is. Um, so the first thing is you have to understand what does your customer want, right? And let me define what does your customer want. So what would your customer do 
themselves and what would they not do themselves? That's an example, right? What is your customer willing to pay for more for? And what is your customer not willing to pay more for? What does success look like to your customer? What does the feeling of satisfaction look like for your customer? And so there's a series of these questions that allow you to sort of build a profile. These, these things are some of the questions that allow you to then at the end of the process, build out a, a really important thing, which are your customer stories. And so this is, I am X, I want to Z so that I can Y. So I am, I am the uh, uh, director of marketing for X, Y, and Z company. And I want to uh, extend my reach to my demographics so that I can sell more product. Does that make sense? And you build five of these customer stories or more. Um, and those customer stories and what that is all meant for is to help you understand who you're, you're, you're selling. I built this based on uh, this sort of process that I went through where I was like, if I were able to follow my customer around all day, if I were able to read their emails, if I were able to watch them walk into the grocery store and see what they buy and see where they eat and see what TV shows they watch and what kind of clothes they wear and how many kids they have and how much money they make, all that stuff, right? I would have a picture of exactly how I need to position my product for that customer. And that is essentially what you, what you dig for. And so I designed all this stuff to, and I, I'll give it to the entrepreneurs that are listening. I, you can just, I'll give it to you <laughs> and you can, you can, you can follow the template and then do it on your own. And the same thing with the buyer, right? So once you design who your buyers are, you choose three to five specific buyers you know, that are in your uh, ideal buyer profile, then you decide, okay, what, what, what problems can I solve for the buyer? And do they want these problems solved? And are they willing to pay to solve these problems? What opportunities can I give to this buyer? And are they willing to pay for these? And what are the things that they're looking for? And now, and so that's the third thing, right? So you have the what, you have the who, you have the why, and then you need to do the when, right? So this is when do you want to sell your business? This is very critical, if, especially if you're raising capital. If you're raising capital, you can overvalue your company very quickly. So what you have to do is you have to sort of step back and say, okay, I'm going to sell in three years. If my company's worth $5 million right now or $2 million or $10 million or whatever it is, you say, okay, order for me to sell at $50 million, let's say that's your target price, in order to give you $10 million, then you understand how to handle your rounds of funding so you don't divert yourself away from uh, the target itself. And that is the win. And then you have the how much, right? And when I say how much, this has to do with how much do you want to make, not necessarily how much is the business going to sell for. The question actually encompasses both of these things. But this is really fundamental because I've had a lot of situations where an entrepreneur will build a company, sell it for $50 million, and then they make two and a half million and other scenarios where they sell it for 25 million, make 10 million, right? So understanding this process from the beginning, uh, all of those things being the North star allows you to purpose purposely design your business instead of sort of running around, like, uh, you know, running around disorganized, not understanding where you're going. Ultimately, you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So in structuring, you said earlier that, that you had it had taken you 17 years to build a company once you figured out how to point it in the right direction so once i figured out how to get it in the right direction it took me uh four years 
four years, but you had yeah. been working at it for 13 years prior to that. Yeah. We got because people. I didn't understand that. Right. Yeah, I, got- I didn't understand that. So I would go to try to sell it and, and I would be, you know, turned down. And it took me a long time to figure out this one piece that I think people underestimate what I'm trying to give to you. You know what I mean? (laughs) Your listeners, I'm like, this is really good. Like, this is very important stuff, you know? No, I I totally. And and it's funny because in your mind, all the pieces have lined up. You've done it not once, not twice. You've done it a number of times already. So it's like, you know, I, I guess I can say it like this. It's like riding a bike the first couple of times, if you just fall down and never get back up, that thing is impossible to do. But once you get on it and you ride it a little bit and you you learn the way it works, now you can do it over and over and over again. And and that's how I feel you have this process set up. Your, your boss system is exactly that. Look, I've done it over and over again. Literally just follow the step-by-step instructions. You can build this Ikea model if you just follow the step-by-step yeah, instructions. I was say, that's a good analogy. It's, just, it's, it's more like trying to put together Ikea furniture without instructions. <laughs> right? So this is like you're getting the instructions. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's amazing how much, um, when I been doing this podcast for a while and when I talk to people who have already done it, they're so freely giving of that information. When you talk to people who are, who are up and coming, they kind of close in and like, this is my secret (laughs) sign my, you know, do not disclose, you know, whatever form I'm Mm -hmm. not going to share with you my idea because you know, you might take it. You know, how does that men- mentality mentality change? And and especially today when you have so many people on the downturn in their economy, how can we change their minds so that they can open up to see that there's opportunity in a changing market? Well, so in, in, a, in a changing market like this, you know, the, the way that I deal with that is uh, based on, you know, when I built, let me back up for a second. When I built Boss, I did 1,200 interviews. Uh, which included interviews with the Navy SEALs, the first fighting wing of the Air Force. These are like the Navy SEALs of the sky. Uh, I mean, Marines, I did manufacturers, I did investors, entrepreneurs that succeeded and failed. I mean, it was, it's been three years um, of, of just research. And then in addition to that, I researched every operating system that I could find, the likes of Six Sigma, DSM, and 4DX, and Lean, Agile, Kanban, Ad, you know, the Scrum, everything. These things are not all good uh, for you know every stage of a business. So businesses have four levels. Level one is more reactive versus proactive. They're more ad hoc, and then it moves all the way up to level five. Usually, you sell by level five. That means you're market leading, and you know you have your shit together. Okay, so there are different tools that are good for different parts of of a business. And so when I looked at Boss and I started building out, you know, the North Star and all these things, I wanted to create an open source platform. I wanted to create something that people could contribute to because I learned that these older systems had sort, you know, they fall out of favor. They get old, basically, Mm -hmm. you know, so I wanted to create something that was that used input from everywhere I could get and whatever tool was most effective. And so there's modules. You can use this module, a problem solving module or whatever to allow yourself to build a really solid business. I think that the reason why people hold back is uh, from helping other people along the path when they're earlier on is first and foremost, I don't think it's, it has to do with them, you know, 
just being dicks and not wanting to show you something, right? I think it has to do with the fact that they're just, it's hard to see the forest through the trees and they're drowning, right? And mm. they can't hold you up when they can barely hold themselves up. And in my experience, you don't have a life vest and you're sitting there running out of oxygen, the the tide's rough, you're trying to come up for air and somebody grabs onto your shoulder and wants help, you know? And you're like, hold on, man, I'm just trying to help myself right now. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to deal with this myself. When you have had a few successes, you know, you're sitting in a, in a boat at that point. And so somebody else is in the water. You can reach down your hand, pull them up in a boat and it doesn't risk you. You don't risk yourself. And I think that that is, you know, that's the issue. And so, you know, I've dedicated the rest of my life to helping those people. Right. So I've dedicated my life to, you know, building a boat and now reaching down and pulling people in the boat, you know, and teaching them from my experiences. You know, it's it's funny that you talk about uh, sharing those those experiences. I've I've been communicating a lot with people who are starting their podcast, and I'm trying to help them get to a point where they're comfortable, they're confident, they're putting out content on a regular basis. It looks good, it's fun, um, and I get that question a lot of what should I talk about? Who, and mm-hmm. and and to me, that always comes down to the same thing in entrepreneurship: is who's my ideal client. And the advice I always give them is what I heard you describe right now, which is think about your past. Think about where you were and what you were struggling with and how you overcame it and talk to that version of you. Mm -hmm. Identify who that is because you can try to talk to them about anything else. Mm -hmm. You can try to be somebody else to everybody, but you're not going to come with the same conviction. You're not going to come with the same expertise. Uh, as what you have through your experiences. So if you can talk to, you know, I always say, if I could talk to my 21 year old version of myself, who is just barely getting into business, who is barely buying his first uh, property at that time, you know, what was I thinking? What was I going through? What could I talk to myself about and try to get myself to where I am today? Yeah, I can do that much better than trying to tell you where I'm going because yeah. I haven't been there yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, the narrative is, 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 is fundamental, right? Especially in podcasting, you have to have some kind of a narrative, right? And Forbes, you know, taught me this idea of a narrative spine, meaning this is, this is your messaging and your vertebrae are the different points of your messaging, but either way you have the spine, the narrative spine. Um, and I think that's, that's really important, but that calls back to the North star, Right. I mean, what you just went over is having a North Star. The North Star that I've built just outlines it more specifically so people can follow it, Um, you know, because it's it's I I found myself so many times, you know, speaking at an event or something and trying to help entrepreneurs. And I was like, I got to I have to design this for them. I have to design it so that I can give them this information and not confuse them. You you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, let me let me ask you. Right now, there's this huge uh, idea of hustle. And I wake up, you know, I wake up at 4.30 in the morning and I go do my run and I, I do all those things because I like to get my work done at an earlier point in the day. So I have more time for kids and family and that sort of stuff. So that's why I get up that early and I do stuff. But there's this stigma out there that successful people, they always wake up at 4 a.m. and that they always work out really hard and they go to bed at two in the morning and and work all day and strive and struggle and hustle. Uh, In your experience, after building those multiple companies, does it take that much effort and that much dedication 24 hours a day or whatever it is that, you know, some crazy 
thing where you have to work so hard or is it a focus that you have to pay attention I, to? Yeah, I'll tell you, you brought up a good question. I can answer your question simply and then I'll give you some background. Yeah, it takes a lot of work. I mean, you know, I was working, uh, <laughs> I mean, I would work 12 to 18 hours a day for years at a time. Um, so yeah, it, it takes a lot of work if you want to get where I am. Um, but it also is, and some, well, something that I've learned over time is that it requires a, a, a definition of hard work. How do you define hard work? So, you know, everybody's heard of, you know, working smarter versus working harder. And I've defined this as a handful of things. So five things, there's a finger for each, each thing. So a handful of things, focus, drive, enthusiasm, discipline, and optimism. And I feel like if you're doing those things in line with some sort of a narrative, like we talked about earlier, the North Star, you're, you're going in a general direction and you remember that whatever you're doing at that moment, if that isn't taking a step in the general, it may be a little step, but if that isn't sending you in the general direction of your desired outcome, then you're taking the wrong step and that is a waste of time. And now you're working dumb instead of smart. Hmm. That's true. That's true. Because what uh, was that again? Focus, drive, enthusiasm, focus, drive, enthusiasm, discipline, and optimism. So focus. Awesome. I mean, if you don't have focus, like how are you going to do anything? Right. I mean, you, you have to have focus and drive. And where does drive come from? Drive comes from hope, like the biology of hope. And where does that come from? It comes from looking down the tunnel and seeing light and knowing it's not a train, right? So you have to have some destination. Again, the North Star. You have to have, I want to do this, right? Your why, as Simon Sinek says. So you have to have focus, drive, and then enthusiasm. Like one of the things I loved about your show when I first started here and you, you guys work the way you, you have enthusiasm. Enthu enthusiasm is contagious. And enthusiasm brings followers. It, it surrounds you with people that are contagiously aware of the of this drive that is going towards a certain destination enthusiasm is really really critical especially in a startup because it's so damn hard it is can you fake it hard so can you fake it you i don't think you can fake enthusiasm i think you have to find it viscerally inside of yourself and the way you do that is by coming up with what what you want to have happen i'll tell you Every year I choose one thing to do, one challenge. So one year it was to deadlift. On my 50th birthday, I wanted to deadlift 150 pounds five times. I trained all year for that one thing. One year it was to run a marathon. I rode a bicycle from San Francisco to LA. Uh, I've climbed the face of El Capitan. I've wrestled a crocodile, I, you know, bullfighting. I mean, you know, there's a, I do, I've been doing well. <laughs> I you know, love it. You're my was, kind of guy. Yeah, since I was 18, I've done one every year. And fantastic. when you choose, I want to run a marathon training for a marathon when you're, I'm a big guy, right? So training for a marathon, I'm like 250 pounds, you know, you have to be a, a weightlifter. So it, you know, when you're training for a marathon and you're, you know, 50 and you're trying to, to do this with a, a frame that I have, and that is really, really hard. And every day is painful. And the drive that you get is the drive to cross that finish line. Same thing that happens with business. Selling your business is crossing the finish line. So I don't think that drive is something you can fake, but I do think it's something you can make, which is a big difference. So you have that focus, drive, enthusiasm, and discipline. Now, discipline 
is is sort of like the linchpin. And what I mean by that is discipline is your fallback. If you don't have drive that day, if you're not motivated that day, whatever it is, right? Then you deploy discipline, force, brute force, right? Hmm. And you tell yourself, I'm going to do this. Just like if you're in the military and somebody says, you're going to do another push-up, you're going to do another push-up, you're going to run, you're going to do whatever. You apply discipline and you become the disciplinary, you know, to, to push yourself through to the other side of whatever's blocking you from achieving whatever you're trying to achieve. So Gregory, I got one more question for you. Um, you started off uh, very poor in your life, uh, scraping to get by. Uh, how old were you when you no longer had to worry about income and you you shifted, you transitioned to being uh, a helper of, of entrepreneurs? Um, well, I, I, let me tell you the last thing, optimism. I think that optimism is the biology of hope. And I think that's an un underline, underline, underline in the handful. I think, you know, um, because I grew up candidly, I think because I grew up without very much, I think that I was worried about money when I didn't need to be worried about money. Um, so I think I was late in understanding, wait a minute, I'm okay. <laughs> I think that I had uh, kept you know, trying to build another company, build another company, build wealth, build wealth. Um, before I had turned back and said, you know, I've arrived. I'm, I'm good. You know, I could, I'd never have to work another day in my life. I could be irresponsible and never have to work another day in my life. That happened in my forties. So, you know, uh, I think since then, you know, the tables have turned to how can I make other people land where I landed? And then that, you know, got me down the path of creating boss and, you know, working really hard to help entrepreneurs with it. I mean, I spent a lot of money trying to do this stuff for free for people, you know, because it's a, it's, it's a huge, I thoroughly, I firmly believe because I've seen it every time that if you get an entrepreneur who just has grit and hustles and gets through it and just bust their ass and they're successful and they make an exit. That entrepreneur that you made wealthy is not the same person as the 1%. These are different people. They see the world differently. They have compassion and empathy for other people. They're more charitable and they're more rooted in reality and that the world needs more of. It's through that experience, right? It's through that falling down. It's through that struggle that they gain that perspective? Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you respect things that you understand and, and you understand through experience, you know? So if you, if you, you know, at one point in my life, I was doing kickboxing and I didn't realize how bad it hurts to get kicked in the face until you get kicked in the face. <laughs> and then you, then you look at these people and you go, man, that is some, you know, that is some really, Ouch. yeah, that, that, yeah, like that, that got you. Right? <laughs> so, um, you know, I think that, you know, when you're an entrepreneur and it's really hard for me too, because I look at these deals and I listen to the pitches and I have to turn down these entrepreneurs all the time. And I try to give them as much advice as I can and, you know, read my stuff. I'm telling you, it's all my, everything that I have is in my head. It's all on Gregory It's all there. I'm put and I'm constantly putting in things, right. Learn from there, but I still have to let them down. And it's, it's, uh, it sucks, man. I wish I could fund every single deal. 
<laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Well, I mean, it, the, even even when you're well off, you still have limits. And you, yeah, what you, you have abundance of is knowledge, right? Yeah, and, and you're you know, giving the bottom it line away. Is, yeah, the bottom line is that if, it, you know, the, 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 what built the ability for you to fund a business is more important than the funding itself. So, you know, the experiences that I have, right, to, to tell an entrepreneur something like do a North Star, like, look, you, you need to step back and do a North Star. I mean, you know, it, you could meander throughout your whole life without having any idea of where you're going, or you can purposely design your life and then experience those things along that path. You know, some things in life, you, you know, you, you subconsciously, you subconsciously know, do you want to have kids? Right. That's pretty easy. Where do you want to live? Right. Uh, what's your lifestyle look like? Do you have a big house? Do you have a smaller house? Do you live near the beach? Do you live in the mountains? What? I mean, all these things are design designing. Right. And so, in business, not a lot of people do that. Right. And it's just, I, I just, I, I don't, I get it now. I, I don't get it, but I do get it because I did it. Right. I made the mistakes myself, you know? So on one side, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get it. And on the other side, I'm like, oh my God, don't make that mistake. I made that mistake. It cost me, you know, years and years and years of my life, <laughs> you know, like, uh, and, and mistakes and stress, huge amounts of stress and anxiety and, uh, you know, lost relationships and, uh, you know, just, there's a price you pay. If you build design your, the w way you want to build your business, you can sort of bake that into what you want to get out of your life. Yeah. And you'll be able to, to, uh, achieve that that success that you want because you're it's it's your north star it's your goal it's what you're yeah, you find what success looks like yeah right what you said is key right achieve a success well what it, what it, what is success to you some people there's success to me and i didn't know that i didn't know that even in my own life and only over the last i would say 10 years have i realized success to me is working three days a week you know, working uh, Tuesday through Thursday, and then on Monday and Friday, I do charity stuff. I do po political stuff, philanthropy. You know, I meditate. Uh, you know, I like to work in my garden. You know, stuff like that, right? And and hang out with my kids and go for walks. That is, you know, or take on a challenge. You know, to me, that's success. Not having anxiety about uh, having to pay a bill. Right. I mean, that was awful. I remember it just being terrible. Like, how am I even going to pay rent? You know, I don't have my car paid. You get a flat tire and it's like a massive catastrophe because you're like, oh, I can't do this right now. You know, um, those sort of things are things that you have to think about. If you if those things are the things you want to eliminate, then at least you have a you have a checklist. You know, you have a way to sort of say this is. And one of the things it does, which which. Uh, you, you know, because I was guilty of that myself, uh, is lets you know when you have gotten to that point. Like I said earlier, I, I didn't know that I was there I, for a long time. I was still working and paying the, the price of, of, um, trying to achieve some unknown success, you know, something that wasn't defined, uh, until you, until you finally sat down and defined what it's supposed to be. Yeah. You got your victory dance. Well, I got it right here. 
<laughs> I Victory, love that. You, do, you do love throwing those movie clips. In I, there. Do, I love I that do. stuff, man. I think that is so legit. You guys are just, you guys are some cool cats. Um, <laughs> Gregory, I did want to say thank you for uh, spending the time. I mean, we went over time, but the amount of information that you were sharing with us, I mean, it's tremendous. Gold. And, yeah, absolute gold. Uh, you got my mind racing in multiple different directions. And uh, again, I'm, I'm always grateful for having uh, started this whole podcast space because I it allowed me to meet people like you. And I say this over and over again, but it, it literally is like the matrix where I'm just going to plug it into the back of my head and I'm going to absorb as much information as possible from people who've already done it. So thank you very much for, for oh, coming on the show an and, and sharing. And yeah, it's such an honor, and I really appreciate Namaste, homie. Like, right on. Namaste. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. It's an honor to be able to have the conversation, and it's even more of an honor that you are willing to say such kind things. So I appreciate that. Knowledge, man. It's it's the only thing that we can give away, and, and you know, we, we earn it as we go along. Uh, I heard something not too long ago where uh, young people – cannot have wisdom they can't wisdom is something that you have to gain over time you can get experience but wisdom comes over time and as as you as you learn things you can try to uh take in other people's wisdoms but it's not until you put them into action that they're going to become your wisdom that's true i i feel like wisdom is the compression of experiences yes So, so i i think you're right yeah that's very wise, man. Very wise. Well, <laughs> what can I say? I learned from this. Do or do not. There is no try. That <laughs> <laughs> was our role model Yoda. growing up. That's right. That's right. When 900 years old, you reach. See, you look this good. <laughs> look this I got to get that one, too. All right, ladies and gents, Greg, again, thank you very much for being on the program uh, and taking that extra time. I, you know, I, I usually uh, cut it off, but I mean, you were willing to share and I was not going to stop you. You were, you were giving me all the knowledge <laughs> I possibly can ask for. So thank you very much. Focus, drive, enthusiasm, discipline, and optimism. I That's love right, that. That's right, baby. That's right, baby. So right, ladies and more things. Check out check out GregorySheppard.com. Get more of that information and you know go out and make some actions. That's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Bye-bye. We're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.